Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Amen. Good morning, CWC. Oh, come on. That's a turkey hangover for sure. Come on. Good morning, CWC. Listen, I, I had two Thanksgivings. Then I went to lunch yesterday with my dad because he's down from San Diego and I'm full, so I got a turkey hangover for real. So if you guys got a turkey hangover, it's not going to look good for me up here. We're going to be uh, just kind of blabbering here because we're <laughs> too stuffed to be uh, getting filled. But you know what? There's always room for God. Amen. Who's ready for the word this morning? Amen. I have the opportunity to close out the Blessed R series. Has anybody been blessed from the series? The Beatitudes, Blessed R. Amen. I know it's been a, a long, it kind of seems like it's been a long series because we had a couple of guest speakers in between. But I, I tell you, just going over this word for today just makes me uh, want to go back to the beginning. Because if you really understand the Beatitudes, if you really understand this series, then uh, you should be walking in what, we, what we've been learning these last uh, nine, nine or so weeks, but you're, we're going to go over that today. So I have the opportunity to close it out. Let's, the Beatitudes really means blessed are in Latin. Beatitudes means blessed are. That's why we called it the blessed are series. These are statements that Jesus taught during his sermon on the Mount to his disciples, his followers, any followers in the house. Come on, any followers of Christ in the house. Those of you clapping your hands, this message is for you. Those of you that didn't clap your hands, this message for you too, because at the end of the message, we're going to give you an opportunity to become a follower of Christ. Amen? These statements are foundational for how we as followers should be living here on earth. Let me say that again. These are statements that are foundational for Christian living. These Beatitudes are not just something that uh, Jesus taught. It's something that we need to begin to apply to our walks, begin to apply to ourselves, our daily behaviors. These are things that we need to, in order to become Christ-like, we need to apply these statements to our lives. We should be walking out in the Beatitudes. And I'm telling you, that's why I want to go back to the beginning, because uh, just preparing for today, I'm like, man, God, like, am I living like that? Am I really walking the way you walked? Am I really responding to circumstances and situations the way you responded? Am I representing you well? Am I applying these to my life? How many, how many want to be Christ-like? The Bible says we are to become Christ-like. Amen? And we're going to find out today that this is how you become Christ-like. They serve as a guide for us. They are to shape our attitude. Somebody say attitude. Our behaviors, our conduct, how we respond to people and circumstances, they are to shape our outlook on life. They're not just statements that Jesus talked about or, or, or preached about. This is the way he lived his life. This is not something he just said. This is not something he just taught to his followers. He said, if you're going to become like me, this is what you have to do. This is the way you need to live. This is how you are to respond to circumstances and situations. They're not just something that he taught. He shared, he shared it with us, followers of Christ, so that we can become like him, so that people can become saved, so that people can be attracted to us. And some of us have attitudes that we've been carrying around for so long. We don't have the be attitudes. We have our own attitude. And you're wondering why there's no fruit in your life. It's because your attitude stinks. Amen? Nobody wants to say amen on that one. <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you. I'm not perfect. Again, this is for me as well. 
Amen. This is for me as well. So when we recognize that this is some of the Beatitudes, when we recognize that we are poor in spirit, humility and dependence upon God is there for us. When we mourn over our sin, we'll be comforted. When we take on meekness, we practice humility and gentleness instead of asserting power. These are the Beatitudes we went over. When we seek righteousness, our actions begin to align with what's right and just. When we choose to be merciful, we demonstrate mercy and forgiveness towards others. I told Pastor Dan this morning, I said, uh, he said, are you all right? He asked me if I was all right like three times this morning. Usually he can see something's going on. And I just said, man, it seems like uh, preparing for this. I had every opportunity these last few days to apply the Beatitudes to everything I was going through. And I didn't always pass the test. But I had it in my heart, in my mind. I said, you know what, God, that was an opportunity for me to put the Beatitude into practice, to be merciful, to be humble, to be meek, to seek righteousness. To have purity of heart means we maintain sincerity and purity in our intentions and our actions. To be a peacemaker, we actively pursue peace and reconciliation. I had plenty of times to be a peacemaker these last four days, more than ever in my life. It ain't easy, okay? It ain't easy. These, these, <laughs> these are the Beatitudes. They're not suggestions. This is what Jesus taught. He said, if you want to become like me, this is how you walk. This is how you respond. This is a way to become Christ-like. These are the attitudes that you are to adapt. This is the attitude that you are to have while you have your short time here on earth. Amen? Would you stand this morning as we reread the word? Matthew 5, 11 says, Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for your word, Lord. Your word that you didn't just preach, God, but you demonstrated it. Every single beatitude, Christ, was your attitude. Jesus, every beatitude that you preached about on that mountain, Lord, it was your attitude. And this was a demonstration for how we should live, God. And I pray that everybody in here today, everybody online today, God, that our hearts would be open to receive your word, that we wouldn't just hear your word, but that we would become doers of your word, that we wouldn't just walk around with the same attitude, God, and say, that's just the way I am, but that we would develop a Christ-like attitude, God, as we learn today. Let us grow spiritually. God, let us desire to become more like you. Lord, even when it's not easy, even in the difficult seasons, Lord, let us desire, God, to take on these attitudes. This morning, God, let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. says, blessed are you when you are reviled and, per and they persecute you. When they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Have you ever been belittled or mocked? Just pastor. <laughs> the word revile means this, to, to criticize, to belittle, to mock, to insult, to verbally abuse, or to speak about you in an abusive or scornful way. 
That's what revile means. Have you ever been mocked? Have you ever been belittled? Have you ever been criticized? Anybody been criticized, belittled, mocked, spoke about in an abusive way? I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of us have, but was it for God's sake? Was it for Jesus' sake? Because I've been belittled, I've been mocked, I've been talked about in an abusive way, but it was for my sake because of the things that I was doing. But the word says that if they will, when they revile you and persecute you for my sake, falsely for my sake, that means you're innocent, that means you didn't do nothing, and we'll get to that in a minute here. But have you ever been uh, talked about in an abusive way? Have you ever been reviled? Somebody said, what does revile mean? I said, you're going to learn on Sunday. So that's what revile means, to be criticized, belittled, mocked, insulted, to be verbally abused or spoke about in an abusive way. It doesn't feel good when somebody speaks about us like that. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good when you're, you're mocked or you're belittled. And I think back when Jesus was mocked, and I think back when he was belittled, and I think back when he was spoken about in an abusive way for, for our sake, because he went to the cross for us. And how he didn't respond, how he didn't say anything. Instead, he, instead he turned the other cheek. Instead, he, he, uh, he said, God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He showed mercy. That's the Beatitudes in action. And I think back when he went through those things, and, and it helps me when I go through certain things, when I'm, because I've been there, I've, I've been there. I know Pastor Dan spoke about it uh, last week. When I first gave my life to Christ, I had family members that um, were still in their addictions and doing the things that they did and uh, would make comments like, oh, here comes Mr. Holier Than Now. And I wasn't preaching to nobody. <laughs> I was just being me. But it was because I got clean, I got sober, I gave my life to God. I wasn't doing the same things that they were doing anymore. And it, it, it brings conviction to people. And they don't have an excuse for why they're still stuck in what they're doing. And so they have no other thing to do but to criticize you or to put you down or to belittle you or to speak about you in that manner. And I know how it feels. And I felt like I didn't want to be around my family at the time because of the way they talked about me. Just because I gave my life to God. Just because I wanted to do something different. Just because I was tired of the way I was living. So that wasn't for my sake. That was for his sake. It says, blessed are you when they persecute you, when they revile you. Amen? Amen. It doesn't feel good. Words hurt. How many know words hurt? How many believe sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? That's a lie, right? Because words hurt. Uh, when I used to work in the schools with uh, youth, we used to do this exercise called uh, breaking false labels. And we would give them a, a sticker, just a white little tag that would write the false label that's been spoken over them. It was a bad word. It was a negative word. And it was from family. And it, that, even, that hurts even more, right? When you love somebody, when you have love somebody, the hurt goes deeper. When you feel like somebody should love you and they belittle you or mock you, then the hurt goes deeper. And so they would write their, their, their word on their label and they'll come to the front and we would say the word out loud, and then we would have to, us that worked there, we would have to, in essence, prophesy over them. We would have to speak positive words over them that negate that negative word because the hurt was deep. And these kids would just bawl. They didn't know what we were doing. We were trying to bring healing to them. We were trying to bring healing to these young, these young kids, and they would just bawl, and they would cry, and then they would feel so much freedom afterwards. Words hurt. Words hurt. Amen. We have to be careful with our words. I don't know who that's for this morning, but we have to be careful with our words because they hurt. 
They're harder to release. They're harder to let go. They stick more. Amen? 1 Peter 4.12 says this, Dear friends, don't be surprised or shocked that you are going through testing that is like walking through the fire. Don't be surprised or shocked. Don't be surprised when you go through things. Don't be surprised when trials come your way. Don't be surprised when people speak about you falsely or negatively. Don't be surprised when people call you out. They belittle you. They mock you. Don't be surprised when you go through certain things. The word says uh, when you are mocked or when you are reviled, it's going to happen. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. Why am I going through this? What did I do to deserve this? Because I think we're, we're, we're shocked because we want to be liked. And it's hard when you want to be liked to become a follower of Christ. Because if you want to be liked and accepted by everybody, then a follower of Christ is not for you. Because not everybody's going to like you. And sometimes you feel like, well, I didn't do nothing to offend them. I didn't do nothing wrong. But it's not about you. It's about the Christ in you. It's not about you. It's about God working in you. And they don't want to change or they don't want to uh, uh, have an excuse for what they're doing. So when you give your life to God, wanting to be liked needs to go out the door. Right. Wanting to be accepted by people needs to go out the door. You have to get rid of that because you're not going to be liked by everybody. You're not going to be accepted by everybody. But God accepts you. Amen. Amen. God likes you. God loves you. And he accepts you. When you're going through testing, it's like walking through the fire. Don't let the fire consume you. Let it purify you. When you go through those times, don't let it consume you. You're not going through it for your sake. You're going through it for his sake. Amen? Amen. It, don't let it consume you. Let it purify you. The, the scripture says, blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Somebody say when. When they revile you, when they persecute you, when they lie about you, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So that tells me it's going to happen. If it hasn't happened yet, it's going to happen. The more you get closer to God, the more you can expect it. The more you grow in relationship, the more you take on a Christ-like attitude, you can expect it. It doesn't say if it happens, it says when it happens. And I think we've been spoiled as a church in Western society, because we don't really face persecution. I think today's the, we see it more than ever on social media. It's like you can't say nothing anymore. You can't stand up for truth. You can't stand up for righteousness. You can't uh, speak something without being attacked. And, and if you can't even go through that, wait till it's in your face. Because the Bible says when, not if, when they revile you, when they persecute you, when they say all kinds of evil falsely for his sake against you, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You guys look like you're ready to run out the door. <laughs> it's not easy, but there's a reward attached to it. Amen? It's not easy, but there's a reward attached to it. It says for my sake, any, any youngest of siblings in here, the youngest. We got a few hands, right? Have, have you ever went somewhere and somebody didn't like you because of your siblings, what they did? Maybe a teacher, maybe a group of people. You go somewhere and they're like, hey, how you doing? Oh, you're so, oh, you're so-and-so sibling. Okay. So they either like you or don't like you because of what they did, right? Association. 
The Bible says for my sake. It's not something you did. It's because of your association with God. It's because you're associated with Christ. Oh, you're a believer? Oh, you're a follower? Automatically don't like you. I don't like what you stand for. I don't like who you believe in. I don't like how you walk. I don't like how you talk. I don't like who you associate with is what they're saying. That's when it says when they accuse you falsely for my sake. Jesus means because you're associated with me, because you walk like me, talk like me, because you think like me, act like me, because you respond like me, they're not going to like you. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Amen? It's all right. Amen? Come on, we're in this together. Jesus went through it. Jesus adds falsely for my sake because he knew you would be accused of many things because of your association with him for his sake. John 15, 19 and 20 says this. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Can't be liked. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. And I think sometimes we try to argue a point, or sometimes we try to get people to see from our perspective. And we're wondering why they just don't, they don't get it, or they don't want it, or they shut down the gospel when you try to minister to somebody. Jesus said it in his word. They persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. They hated me, they're going to hate you. Stop trying to be liked. Stop trying to be accepted. Stop trying to fit in. Amen? Are you guys following me this morning? When we see it, we, we see it more now than ever. Again, on social media, you can't speak truth without being attacked. Nobody wants to be convicted of their sin. And I'm not saying that we got to go on social media and start calling out people's sin. It's just when you post certain things or when you uh, take a stand for what you believe in, you're going to naturally be attacked. But don't let that make you shrink back in fear. Don't let that be the reason why you stop ministering to people. I remember a, a long time ago, we went out to go pray for people. I was with Pastor Cat, and my, it was probably my first time ever going out there. We we're at Eastridge, and we're Ask them if they need prayer. Ask him if he needs prayer. Ask her if he needs prayer. And I was like, this guy right here for sure needs prayer. I didn't want to be rejected. That was the problem, if I'm going to be honest. I didn't want to be rejected. I wanted to pray for somebody that wanted to be prayed for. And so I thought, this guy for sure needs prayer. He's walking around. He has glasses on. He has a thing, so he's blind. And he's walking around. I said, hey, excuse me, sir. Do you need prayer? And he said, no, go pray for somebody who needs it. I was like, dang it. Got rejected. <laughs> I got rejected. But not everybody wants to receive what you have. Not everybody wants to be a believer, but don't let that stop you right. from ministering to people. Amen? Amen. The cause of persecution is loyalty to righteousness, and Jesus is righteousness. I see that guy sometimes still. <laughs> I want to I ask him, hey, are you need prayer now? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> Missed this opportunity. Listen, as we close this series, not as we close today, don't come up here, Pastor Seth, as we close this series, <laughs> as we close out these series, I want to give you uh, three quick benefits 
benefits from putting the Beatitudes into practice. Somebody say Beatitudes. Beatitudes. All right, you're still awake. Since you are no longer part of the world, we have to have a kingdom perspective. Amen? Amen. That's not the first one. Our first one is to become Christ-like. This is three ways that the the Beatitudes will will help us. We become Christ-like. When living out the Beatitudes, we begin to imitate and reflect the qualities of Jesus in our lives. Our whole goal is to become Christ-like. Our whole goal is to become Christ-like so that we can win people over to to God. Our time here on earth, we're we're to become, have, take on the same attitude as his. The Beatitudes, not your old attitude, the Beatitude. You're to be like Christ. And when you study the Beatitudes, and when you learn to mourn over your sin, and when you learn to choose mercy, or when you learn to pursue righteousness, when you go over the Beatitudes and you apply them, then you're becoming Christ-like. Amen? Amen. So one way that the Beatitudes can benefit us is they help us to become Christ-like. I used to say it, I want to become Christ-like. I didn't know what that meant. I thought just look at the life of Jesus and be like that. But this is a, right here, it puts it into perspective. These Beatitudes puts it into perspective. If you want to become Christ-like, this is a way to follow. And I think sometimes when we read over it, it's like, wow, I don't, well, I don't want, I don't want to get persecuted. I don't want to be reviled. It's hard to choose mercy. It's hard to show mercy. It's hard to be a peacemaker, especially when I'm right all the time. That's an inside joke. <laughs> Ephesians 4, through 24 says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. There's the word again, your attitudes. The Holy Spirit, let the the Holy Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like who? Like Like Christ. Truly righteous and holy. This is a pattern on how we're to become Christ like. The word says to throw off your former nature, throw off your former attitude, get rid of your attitude, get rid of that former way of living, put on the new attitude, become like Christ. That's our goal while we're here, folks. That's what we're called to do, to become like Christ. Amen? Amen. This is how we put on our new nature. We mourn. We become meek, gentle. We become peacemakers. We become merciful. We hunger and thirst for righteousness. When When Jesus said, go make disciples, this is the pattern which we are to make disciples. So when you're discipling somebody, give them the Beatitudes. How do I become more like God? This is it. How do I walk like Christ, look like Christ? This is it. Amen? Amen. Secondly, they develop spiritual growth. We grow spiritually when we recognize our spiritual spiritual poverty, when we mourn over our sin, when we develop meekness, when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, when we're merciful to others, when we become peacemakers, we grow spiritually. Every single one of those is hard. It's again, and I'm, I was playing around, but it's hard to make peace. It's hard to be the peacemaker when you feel like you've done nothing wrong. It's hard to show mercy when you feel like that person doesn't deserve it. It's hard. Look at Jesus. I, I don't understand how he did it. I don't understand how he turned the other cheek, how he didn't defend himself, how he didn't defend himself when people hated him, spat on him, 
when they accuse them falsely. If I'm being accused falsely, I'm going to want to defend myself. I'm going to want to say, nah, that's not me. I didn't do it. You have the wrong person. Or what did I do wrong to you? That's, naturally, that's what I want to do. It's hard not to do that. Amen? It's not easy. Oh, you guys got the turkey hangover. You guys look like you're falling asleep now. <laughs> we want to grow spiritually. Take on the Beatitudes. If you want to become like Christ, take on the Beatitudes. And that's our third One is to become Christ-like. Oh, no, wait. Did we go over that one? Sorry, that was our first one. They teach us to respond, how to respond in circumstances and situations. I'm telling you, since we've been teaching this, every time I go through something, I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity to respond. Because everything you go through in life is an opportunity for you to respond. How are you going to respond? Are you going to respond with the old attitude? Are you going to respond with your new attitude, which is the B attitude? Everything you go through gives you an opportunity to respond like Christ. Let's not just say we're Christians. Let's not just say we go to church. But let's show that we are by taking on a new attitude. Amen? Amen. One thing I used to hate earlier in my walk, maybe sometimes now, I haven't done it in a long time, but is to uh, uh, mess up, to choose to respond the wrong way, my old way, and then have to apologize and tell that person I'm a believer. Yeah, that's not a good thing, because that just turned them off to Christ. (laughs) I don't know if it worked or not, but Pastor Dan says I do that a lot. Come back (laughs) and apologize. But the the scripture says to, to rejoice and be exceedingly glad when these things happen to you. How many of you rejoice and are glad when you're persecuted, when you're mocked, when you're lied about, when you're spoken about falsely? I'm telling you, it's hard. How do you rejoice in that times? You have to have a kingdom perspective. You have to not be focused on here, earth. You have to have a kingdom perspective. You have to look ahead. Great is your reward in heaven, the the scripture says. So when you understand great is your reward in heaven, you don't have to try to justify yourself. You don't have to try to prove that you're right. You don't have to defend yourself. Amen. You know that everybody went through it before you. Jesus went through it. The disciples went through it. Don't have to try to justify yourself. Great is your reward in heaven. You have to be living for eternity, not for here and now. Lastly, the promise of blessings attached to each beatitude. Each beatitude has a promise of blessing attached to it. Living out these virtues brings about a deep and abiding sense of joy, fulfillment, and closeness to God. So when you're going through circumstances, when you're choosing mercy, when you're choosing to be a peacemaker, when you're mourning over your sin, when you're choosing to be pure in heart, when you're choosing to seek righteousness and justice, when everybody else is choosing to seek opposite, when you're going through these, when you're mocked, when you're uh, persecuted, when you're reviled, you have to remember that each of these blessings, each of these attitudes, when you put these into practice, there's a blessing attached to it. Amen? And I'm not talking about the American dream blessing because some of us are living for the American dream blessing, which is the car, the house, the spouse, and the dog or cat, whichever ones you like. Uh, cat people, dog people, I'm a dog person, but... We live for these kind of blessings. But when you're gone, they stay behind. You can't take those with you. 
the blessings found in the Beatitudes are eternal. And you're gonna, they're going to go with you. Some of them you experience here, but some of them are for eternal. It's an eternal reward. We, we have to stop living for here and now. Amen? Get it into your heart, your spirit. This is an eternal reward. Nobody can take this from me. When I choose to be Christ-like, when I choose to respond in a certain, certain manner like Christ did, when I choose to forgive, when I choose to be merciful, when I choose to not defend myself when they accuse me but continue to live like Christ, there's a reward that's attached to it, and nobody can take that from me. Amen? Amen? There's blessings, a promise of blessing attached to each beatitude. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They shall be comforted. They shall inherit the earth. They shall be filled. They shall obtain mercy. They shall see God. They shall be called the sons of God. Great is your reward in heaven. Oh, come on. You guys should be excited right now. We have to stop living for today. We have to stop, stop, stop living for just here and now. Here and now is but a breath. It's, it's not long, but eternal is what we should be living for. Our rewards are eternal. Our blessings are eternal. This is why the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians, and it's not up there for you, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, that's here and now, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, I'm telling you, it's temporary. Just, just what is unseen, what is unseen is eternal. We have to live for eternal. We have to live for the kingdom. We have to live for what's coming next. And this is what the, the, the apostles, the disciples, this is what Jesus, they knew this was coming. And that's what they lived for. To the point where they were tortured to the point where they were mocked, to the point where they were lied about, where they were falsely accused. And some of us just, again, we just want to be liked. We don't want to go through nothing. But giving your life to God, how many of you gave your life to God and then it feels like all hell broke loose? Right? In the beginning, it was like, oh, every prayer is getting answered. I feel so good. God is good. God is real. And he's amazing. And then you got all these problems coming at you. And I see a lot of people, when all those problems start to come at them, they walk away. They give up. They throw in the towel too early. And I tell them, if you can just get over that, if you can just stay in there, doesn't mean it's going to stop, but it'll get better. And then they're going to come again <laughs> because it's seasons and it's just the way it is. We're going to go through things. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. We're going to go through things. Pastor Seth, if you can help me out. We're going to read the Beatitudes from the beginning to the end. Matthew 5, 1 through 12 says this, And seeing the need, seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This is the way that we should be living. These are the attitudes that we need to put on. These are the attitudes that we need to adopt. If we're followers of Christ, this is the way we should be living. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And I like that one because when I have opportunities to show mercy... 
instead of holding a grudge, instead of trying to prove that I'm right, instead of trying to uh, shine a person on or just like know they get what they deserve. When I have an opportunity to be merciful, I love it because I need God's mercy. And I rely on God's mercy. It's like the scripture says, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And I, I, I like to show forgiveness because I want to be forgiven. I need mercy and I need forgiveness just as the person that offended me did. Amen. Blessed are those. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. When I've been making peace lately, when I chose to be a peacemaker, Lately, I say, you know what? I'm a son of God. I had an opportunity to make peace, and I did, and I, I feel the joy inside because I know I'm a son of God, and nobody can take that from me. When you become a peacemaker, amen, you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. You're responding like Christ. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. And be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It's not nothing new. It's been going on. The world hated Jesus, the world's gonna hate you. Stop trying to be liked. Stop trying to be accepted. You know what's amazing about this is when you become Christ-like and when you respond the way Jesus is telling us to respond, the way he showed us to respond, people will be drawn to that. Because not, not everybody's against God. It might look like that sometimes, but not everybody's against God. I love when somebody says, hey, there's something different about you. Not, not because of me, not because it makes my, me have more pride. It's just because I know Christ is at work in me. I shouldn't have to tell anybody that I'm a believer. I shouldn't have to tell nobody that I'm a follower of Christ. My actions should show it. And when somebody says there's something different about you, it's because I'm responding like Christ. It's because I'm different. Why? Because we're set apart. You want to become Christ-like? Adapt these attitudes. Get rid of your old attitude and be, get, grab onto the B attitudes. Get rid of that old attitude that's not getting you nowhere in life. Get rid of the old attitude that's causing trouble and causing problems in your life. Because even though we say we're saved and we're followers of Christ, sometimes we can have a bad attitude. And it can turn people off to God. Amen? We have to get rid of our old attitudes. And as we close, I, I love it because that was Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward. Matthew 5, 13. After you possess these qualities, after you take on these attitudes, the very next scripture is you are the salt of the earth. In essence, now that you've taken on these attitudes, now that you applied these attitudes to your life, now that you become Christ-like, now, you be, now that you're responding differently, come on, now that you're doing these things, now you're the salt of the earth. 
You can't be the salt of the earth if you're having your old attitudes still come up. You can't be the salt of the earth if you're not becoming Christ-like. You can't change the world if you're still having the same attitude. You can say you're a follower, you can say you're a believer, but you can't change the world. You can't be the salt of the earth. Even a few scriptures down from that, it says, be the light of the world. After you apply these attitudes, after you take these on, you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. Go change the world. Become like Christ, go change the world. Amen? Stop walking out with that same attitude. Stop allowing circumstances to affect you like they used to affect you before you gave your life to God. It's time to change. It's time to be the salt. It's time to be the light of the world. Amen? We don't have to talk about it. We can walk it out. That scripture says, and sometimes we wonder, why ain't I making a difference? Why ain't I, be, I know the Bible says I'm the salt of the earth, I'm the light of the world, but why ain't I, why isn't there no fruit? Why isn't nobody attracted to me, like to me? Why isn't the God in me attracting anybody? Why ain't I making a difference? I know I'm supposed to be different. I know I'm set apart. The scripture goes on to say, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under foot. How does salt lose its saltiness? You begin to take on the attitude of the world. You begin to act like everybody else that doesn't follow Christ. You begin to blend in because you want to be liked, because you want to be accepted. So there's nothing different about you. You can say you're a follower of Christ, but there's nothing different about you. You look like the world in essence. You've lost your flavor. You want your flavor back? You want to make a difference? Today's the day you make a choice. God, I'm going to choose you. It ain't going to be easy. I didn't pass every test, but I'm going back to it. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to take on the B attitudes and get rid of my attitude. I want to become more Christ-like. I want to walk it out. I want to be the salt. I want to be the light. Anybody with me this morning? Amen. It's time to change our attitudes. It's time to let go of our attitude. It's time to adapt to the B attitudes. It's time to become Christ-like. Amen. Bow your heads with me as we close this morning. First and foremost, if you're here and you don't, you have not given your life to God or you want to rededicate your life to God. I want to give you that opportunity because before you become Christ-like, you got to give your life to God. You want to get right with God. You might have walked away from God. I don't know. Maybe you're online. You walked away from God. Maybe you're in-house. But we want to always give that opportunity a call for salvation. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what? Today's the day. I want to make a call. I know it's not going to be easy. But I know that God's calling me to this. I want to become Christ-like. If you're here this morning, would you raise your hand so I could pray with you? Just acknowledge you. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Those of you online as well, if you could just let us know in the comment section so we can pray with you. And secondly, you've been a follower of Christ. You've been serving God. And you know that God's working something in you. Like you're here today for a reason. I'm sharing this message for a reason. Your attitude needs to be changed. 
You need to change some things. You need God to change some things in your life. You want, you want to take on his attitude and get rid of your attitude. You want to become more Christ-like. You want to learn how to respond in circumstances. You want to show mercy. If you're here this morning, you want to grow spiritually. You want to become more Christ-like. You want God to work on your attitude, to change it. If you're here this morning, you're ready to say yes at whatever the cost, if you can raise your hand so we can acknowledge you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I feel like we all need to be more Christ-like. I feel like this is altar calls for me as well. Preparing for it, I said, God, this is for me. I want to be more like you. I'm tired of responding with my old attitude and suffering the consequences. I'm tired of being more like me. I want to be more like you. I want to show more mercy. I want to be meek, gentle, and humble. I want to respond the way you responded, Jesus. So if that's you for any of those calls, I'm going to invite you forward. Let's just come up so we can pray. Those of you that raised your hand, give them a round of applause as they make their way forward. Amen. not easy it's not easy to be lied about it's not easy to be talked about it's not easy to change your attitude it's not easy to become Christ-like but it's worth it we're living for something that's eternal we're not just living for here and now we're living for an eternal reward eternal blessings we know that here is not the end here is just the beginning. We're not, we're not, we're not going to be focused on here and now. We want to be focused on what's to come. So if you want to come forward, we still have the altars open. We want to pray. Those of you who raised your hand for salvation, Romans 10, 9 says, if you openly declare, you have to openly declare that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. Today is your day for salvation. If you can pray with me, Father, we thank you for every hand that went up, Lord. God, those that went up for salvation, we thank you, Lord. This morning, God, we lift them up before you. God, in their decision to say yes to you. We thank you for that decision, Lord. If you can repeat after me, say, Jesus, I thank you that you died for me, that you were raised to life three days later, for my sins in my place because you were a peacemaker you made peace so that I can have a relationship thank you for my salvation today I choose to live for you no matter the cost I choose to have your attitude to let go of mine and to be more Christ-like today I give you my life in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's a good place to clap. You guys can stay right here as we get ready to close out. And if people come and pray for you guys, Pastor Kat. Yeah.
first the kingdom and all will be added all will be added all will be you will be filled you will be filled this is the kingdom this is the kingdom this is the kingdom of heaven asking he Father, I just ask right now that you would remove, God, the, the things that were done to us, the memories of the past, God, right now. Father, the anger, the unhidden stuff within us, God. Remove those areas of our life today, God, so that we may take on who you are and through us and in us, God. I ask that you break every chain today, God of doubt and fear, Lord, anxiety right now. And I release the power of the kingdom of heaven over every individual in this house, that they would stand strong and walk as sons and daughters of God, that they would walk with the attitude that you give us, that we would become meek, that we would become mild, God, but yet bold and with authority in your kingdom, God. I declare today, God, a new day. A new day of sons and daughters arising in this house that are going to step into the place that you've called us to be. That we can walk in honor. We can walk with our heads up. We can walk as children of God, heirs of Jesus Christ. And know, God, that you are with us. That your word tells us that no one can be against us when we're with you, God. I declare that this morning in Jesus' name. I pray, God, guidance and protection over every family and person in this house and online. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.